Many compare the economy to riding on a roller coaster, a continuous circle of ups and downs. I'm Charlotte Jessup. Today, my guest and colleague, Lori Taylor, will explain how the business cycle can inform your personal financial decisions. Welcome to the SFS Power Up Wealth Podcast, where we provide impactful insight and expert opinions on timeless financial principles and timely investment topics, preparing you to make smarter decisions with your money. Lori, thank you for joining me today. Thank you. It's great to be here. Lori is a wealth advisor with Smedley Financial Services. She's a certified financial planner and an adjunct professor at University of Utah. Lori, watching the market go up and down, listening to the news report possible recessions, and not knowing how everything impacts you personally can be really disconcerting. Is this normal? And what do your our listeners need to know? You know, that is a really good question. And I find it so interesting. In the course that I teach at the University of Utah, on personal finance, the very first chapter of our textbook goes into this economic cycle or the business cycle, showing individual students that depending on what's going on in the economy can determine their success in their own personal finances. For instance, um, understanding the economic environment can help you recognize uh, when it's time to save money and when it's time to invest And um, it can also help you understand that these phases are only temporary and that you can look for that improving or times to be better in the future. I think that's true. The idea of thinking that it's going to improve sometimes when we're in the moment and the heat of it, we forget that this is a cycle and it's going to change. I really think that's true. I've had a lot of clients and students say, well, times have never been as bad as this. This is definitely different than it's ever been before. Um, and, and it might be unique in terms of what caused it or different situations, but that cycle keeps repeating itself. In fact, we've had 34 cycles that have been documented since 1857. So it is a well-documented fact that, that this happens. I think it would be fair to say that every time we go through portion of that economic cycle, the portion that makes us not excited but nervous, someone is saying, this time it's different. Yes, I think that. And then I think that's when we get in trouble, too, when we start making our decisions based on this is different. It's never going to change. You know, we're in trouble now. How do these cycles inform our personal decisions, financial decisions? Yeah, I think that how that helps is you can see when times are good that maybe this is a time you need to be saving. They're not always going to be good. You can't count on that lasting forever. So saving your money, having an emergency fund for times when uh, things are not as good are important. You may lose a job when the economy is suffering. And so having taken some actions to put aside some things when the economy is good. And then also when the economy is poor, that can also be an advantage if you recognize it in terms of knowing to stay invested during that time period when the market is struggling, and then also knowing that that's a good time to enter the market, to buy investments when they're uh, at a low cost. So we talk about these economic cycles. Explain what's involved in the economic cycle. 
Yeah, so there are four phases, at least in the textbook that we use at the University of Utah. There's the expansion phase, and that's the phase we all like the most because that is when production is at high capacity, unemployment is falling, retail sales are growing, prices and interest rates are low, the stock market is rising, demand is increasing. So all of these wonderful things and um, our personal finances are hopefully better during those times as well. But then things can get off kilter either by some kind of external factor or an internal cause. You know, as more people are demanding products, then it creates a problem with supply. And so you have to realize that that can't last forever. Eventually it's going to hit a peak. So that's the next phase is peak. And then from that peak, there'll be a contraction where maybe supply and demand are out of uh, juncture and and supply has to catch up with demand, different things like that. That's when um, people are not willing to pay those higher prices because of inflation, different things that have happened in the economy. And so then that's the contraction that will last for a certain period of time as things work themselves out. And then we hit a trough or the bottom. So that's the fourth phase. And then once again, we'll start on expansion. So we just have to know what these phases are and um, do our best to make good decisions in each phase. How does the economy move from one phase to another? Okay, so there are a couple of different things I kind of briefly mentioned, but there are some internal um, pressures with supply and demand, which is what I was mostly um, mentioning. Uh, If demand gets uh, too high, then supply can't keep up with it. There are other internal pressures uh, like the money supply, depending on what the interest rates are, you know, whether or not people can borrow in order to get the products that they would like, or even businesses can borrow. And then there's uh, macroeconomic policies, things that are going on uh, in the legislature or, you know, Recently, we've had the stimulus payments, and although that was great and it helped us maybe avoid a problem right then during the pandemic, it caused some inflation, you know, a couple years down the road. So those kinds of things can throw it out of whack, but there's also external pressures, and those are things like wars, natural factors like the pandemic that we just talked about, population growth where um, demand can't keep up with the population um, and, and just all kinds of various unique situations that might happen that will throw that off for a little while. When you explain it like that, it's easy to look back over just the last three, four or five years and see all of those things happening. We've experienced, you know, supply demand issues. I mean, all of us remember when we couldn't go to the grocery store and purchase the things that we thought were, you know, absolute, you know, necessities. And also, you know, things that we're in high demand just because of being in lockdown. How do we know what phase of this economic cycle we're in? So that's a really good question. There are some things that you can take a look at. Um, Economists are always monitoring different factors to see what phase we're in. You can listen on the news about information to do with gross domestic product. Is it falling or is it rising? If it's falling, then we're going to be in some kind of contraction. If we're talking about interest rates, are they rising? If they're rising, that's also probably a contraction, some kind of effort by the Federal Reserve to control the money supply and perhaps inflation like they are now. Is unemployment falling? Um, That would be 
a good sign uh, is consumer spending up or down. And so these are things that are always reported on the news and you can get a feel for what's happening in the economy. You can also watch your own personal investments, um, the stock market in general. And, and when you see a year like last year where everybody was doing great in the stock market, it was getting all kinds of great returns. And then this year now that's falling. So we obviously switched phases somewhere in there between, you know, an, an, an expansion, maybe hit the peak and are now in a little bit of a contraction this year. And it's interesting because it's not like someone turns a switch. And it's yeah. today we're, you know, we're in one phase and tomorrow we're in the next phase. These things change over time. So it's a very slow process yeah, to it's determine. A, it's a really slow process. And often economists name these phases looking backward, like they can't even tell for sure whether we're in a new phase until they kind of had a little bit of information given to them. And then they'll say, oh, we had our peak on a certain date, but they're always looking backward to tell that date. They can't tell it as we're moving forward. It's always what happened in the past. Yeah. This yeah. is what happened a year ago. We're out of the recession yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's hard to react to that. So is there a length of time that we're in a certain phase of the cycle? That's such a good question. And I think it's so important to know since 1950, I will only go back that far because Previous to that time, the contractions and expansions were longer. But since 1950, um, the average expansion is about five years and the average contraction is only about 11 months. So you can see why the stock market trends upward, because we're only in contraction for a fifth of the time that we're in expansion. But that contraction is so painful. But it's good to know that that contraction may only last 11 months, you know, give or take a little bit since that's the average. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Exactly. And I think it's important not to be focused only on the phase that we're in, but just that this is normal cycle and we have to have the ebb and flow. We have to have the pullback in order to have future growth. Yes. And I think that's so important to remember and just have hope, you know, and just know this is the phase I'm in. It's contraction. I might have to spend some of my savings, um, but that's okay because the expansion will be coming just around the corner. When you're putting together financial plans, are you considering that we might, that we're going through these cycles of the economy? You know, because it's a regular cycle, you know, we try to take into account things like inflation that might happen in your portfolio and in your spending and also some of the other factors, but we... We just plan on averages mostly and knowing that it will be going up and down in between. And we're mostly counting on the average over time. And we're looking at long term. And we're looking at long term so we can do that. Yeah. I think when you look at the market and what's happening, um, it's easy to, to think, oh, it's down. It's going, it's getting worse. It's going to be horrible. You know, I'm going to lose all my money. I mean, right. I think that's the feeling, you know, it becomes very um, overwhelming for when people are experiencing it. The market goes through normal cycles, just like the economy. And every time we've had a correction, right? we've had a recovery. Yes. Every time the market has had a correction, it's had a recovery. And so I think keeping a long-term perspective is really important. I think that's so important. And I think it is really scary, especially um, later in your life as you're getting near retirement, or if you are in retirement and you feel like, oh, I'm losing all of my retirement savings. And, and then it 
becomes harder to be brave and say, I'm going to stay in. But if you know about this cycle, you know that it will come back. You won't have those losses that they'll turn back into gains, you know, with time. Right. It's hard to remember that I have all of these years of growth. And when it pulls back, you forget that I've had all those years of growth as well. Yeah. In fact, I think that's funny because even this year, I've had to remind people of how well they did last year. You know, they can't almost can't remember what they the growth they had last year compared to the losses that they're having this year. Because I think the pain of losing is so much greater (laughs) than the thrill of winning. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) For all. Lori, what would you tell people to consider or to think about as far as the economic cycles and their personal financial situation and what they should maybe do? Yeah, I think my advice would be to remember that there are ebbs and flows. There are ups and downs. And that you need to prepare for both. Um, You need to prepare in a way of, you know, saving and keeping in mind those general financial principles. The reason they tell you to have an emergency fund is because things aren't always perfect. Things do go up and down. It's not if that's going to happen, it's when. And so to prepare yourself that way. and, And then also when the market's down, just to remember that this is a great time to buy. This is also a time to remember to just keep invested and be patient. Those losses that you're experiencing will come right back. So it's not, as we go through these economic cycles, it shouldn't be a matter of trying to time whether or not you should be investing or not. Right. That's right. It shouldn't be a matter of timing because you just know that those cycles do happen about every five years. We run through a full cycle. And so, you know, to just keep those general principles that we learn of having an emergency fund and also investing to build your wealth, you know, over time, over a long period of time. Lori, thank you for sharing this information. I think helping our listeners understand the business cycles will help them feel more confident in their investments. Yes, I hope so too. That's what I think is the most important thing is to just feel confident in knowing what to expect. Thanks you for joining us today, Lori. You bet. Thank you for joining the SFS Power Up Wealth Podcast. Spidley Financial is located at 102 South, 200 East, Suite 100 in Salt Lake City, Utah, 84010. Call us today at 800-748-4788. You can also find us on the web at spidleyfinancial.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. The views expressed are Smedley Financials and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member Finra, Sipsy, Roger M. Spenley, Charlotte J. Jessup, James R. Derrick, Shane P. Thomas, Michael B. Ani, Jordan R. Hatfield, Lorraine B. Taylor, Registered Representative. Investment Advisor Representatives of Smedley Financial, Inc., Advisory Services offered through Smedley Financial Services, Inc., Smedley Financial Services, Inc., and Securities America are separate entities. Music